Good morning, friends. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, John. They say, the kids say TGIF. Thank goodness it's Friday. Do the kids say that, or is that an old people saying? I think it's an old people saying, <laughs> now that I think of it. I would say it's a, a 30-year-old saying, like a 30s, right. well, because now they're like the 30-year-olds, now that they're on the grind working exactly. every day, it's like, oh, it's Friday. But I think COVID has eliminated... I mean, I guess kids, Friday at some level. Kids are happy to be out of school on Friday. Mm, maybe it is a kid There's thing. That. Who knows? I just want to say um, hello to everybody. Welcome to our conversational podcast of Life in Recovery. Thank you for joining us. This is our morning meditation time, and we are going to take a concept of life in recovery and expound on that, expand on it, and take that throughout our day. So, thank you for joining us. Uh, one. I want to share one one thing. That's not even that exciting. But in our meditation time, I try to use Google um, and try to get different meditational music. And so the one that I found that I've really enjoyed is called Deep Cello. <laughs> Deep Cello Meditation, as opposed to Piano Meditation. Violin Meditation is a good one. Um, pan Flute Meditation is another one. I tried to do French horn meditation. That didn't go so well. No. Why is there no French horn meditation? If anybody knows anything about the French horn, it's a very, it could be a very meditational instrument. It's very, it's not like clangy like a trumpet, but it's, yeah. I, Can you define meditation for us? Meditation is, um, I would say, stilling my mind and my spirit to position myself to be open to hearing the God. Um, trying to have God ignite inside of me inspiration, maybe a decision, and just becoming peaceful and feeling Him and experiencing His love and and just having a break, like a timeout. Is there a point in your life where you did not feel peaceful? Yeah, my whole life. <laughs> And so then as you entered recovery... I was one of those kids with lots of energy, they said. Oh, yes. And I had this all the time. Shh. My whole life, I heard, shh. You don't really have an inside voice. I believe that I do now. I believe that I've been transformed and I have an inside voice. So... Like a deep Did becoming peaceful inside just happen for you or... I think... I think I'm being told that I'm not peaceful, but I feel like I... No, no, no. I feel like I have peace like a river. But is that something that just happened when you got sober? There was a point where I, I, yeah, it was just different. Like, I didn't know the difference, but all of a sudden, like, how do you know you're an adult? You're just an adult. Like, oh, oh, I have a job and responsibility. But I felt like when I had God's peace as opposed to my restless spirit, my excitable, like, I just had a, a peace inside of me. And a lot of things that I held tightly fell off. Like mm. I just, I, I'm like, oh, I'm not holding these anymore. And I think that's the burden and the weight that we carry um, that that only God can relieve us of that bondage of self. And so I remember it's a daily practice now. I remember you um, coming home and telling me that you had an experience where you felt like God told you you were going to be okay. Mm spoke my language and then i remember like i remember not long after that 
you, you could like actually sit at the dinner table. Like you could stay at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. So before that, you'd just always be like, yeah, yeah. dinner's done. Like, all right, let's go. Chug, chug, just chug. like go yeah. whatever to the TV, go to, you know, you just had to go. Something different. Yeah. And I just remember realizing, like I remember sitting at the dinner table with the kids and just realizing like, oh, huh. There's you just yeah you were just hanging out at the dinner table and there was no you're that like, restless energy was gone. Yeah. You're like, hey man, go do the dishes. Come on, <laughs> I fed the fishes. You do the dishes. Yeah, no, thank you. I think that's the uh, the benefit of recovery is one of the promises is that we actually become in a place of neutrality. We're not irritable, restless, and discontent. We're in a neutral state of acceptance and willingness to grow and open for God to continue to change and grow us. And but it's also a practice, right? That I've seen you practice. I've seen you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen you practice. Like I saw you get up every morning. And have a quiet time at the kitchen table. And so it's almost like if you have an experience that gives you a motivation or an experience to go, this is real. So if you have a heart attack, that's a that could be a sign of a real problem physically. Because let's say you're overweight and you're smoking and you have this, this experience that leads you into changing your life. That's what I had. And I think we a lot of us have step three experiences, we would call it, where God actually reveals himself to you, speaks a word to you, you have a vision, some there there's a, a new spiritual experience. Yeah. experience that you have that goes, Oh, I can put my faith in that. Um, and then that grows into the relationship, which um yeah. But just like after a heart attack, you can either choose to quit smoking. You know, maybe you quit smoking because you're in the hospital and then it's easy to quit smoking for a while because you're scared or you're whatever. You've had this like scary experience or you've had this great mm. experience of like these doctors are going to take really good care of me. And I here I wasn't feeling good before. And then I had this like, you know, moment and now I feel great. But then I can choose to go back to the old patterns and the old mm -hmm. behaviors or mm. I can choose. to. Now you're bringing choice in. Do I choose that or is my only real choice to stay close to God mm -hmm. so that he alleviates my addictions. Mm -hmm. Because I would say that I have no choice whether I use or not. It's God's grace. And so my choice every morning is to But you chose to, to get up in the morning and connect to God. Yeah, that's, that's my all I'm, choice. Like, that's what I was saying. Is like, you, you actually, fight that choice. you practiced. Oh my goodness. Some, fight, we some, fought, some fight it harder. We fought, I fought that all week. All week. All right. We're uh, seven all minutes week. in. Let's let's get our morning Devo on. All right. After after we've been trying to use the 12-step program, the Life Lab program for a while, one thing comes clear. We can get unlimited benefits by cha from changing our way of thinking. No realistic, reasonable person would consider this an easy task. Indeed, there is nothing more difficult in life than actually changing, changing your thinking. thinking. And I think that's the beautiful thing about a spiritual experience. It outweighs your thinking. Mm -hmm. So you can introduce change. Suppose, just suppose, we, went, we were resolved to follow this one idea expressed in the beginning of a 12-step founders uh, program in an informational talk. Quote, stop throwing blame around. <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. Stop throwing the blame. This is one idea 
that could be explored, meditated on, acted upon from now until the end of our days. What would happen if we stopped blaming anyone for anything? We would experience miracles of tolerance and grace, rich spiritual rewards reflected in a life of real fulfillment. Those sound like great promises. Today's reminder, I will not, I will try not to blame the alcoholic or the non-alcoholic. How can I know what they are going through in their struggle with the bottle or with the adrenaline, whatever it may be, the ever-present escape? What can I, what can I know about their strivings to improve after they are sober? I will not blame them. I will not blame anyone. I will not blame myself. Here's our quote. Who is to blame? Whom have I the right to blame? Let me concentrate on keeping my own conduct from being at fault. More I cannot do. More I, ca- more I cannot do. That's all I can do. I can't do more than that. I can't do more than that. Um, Let's throw blame. I'm think. Yeah. <laughs> blame, blame, blame. Um, I think blame is such a heavy blanket of denial. And I, like, I have come to really understand that that there's a saying in the big book, all of my problems, all of my troubles, all of my problems are of my own making. And it's almost offensive because some of us have great problems, but it doesn't say the storms are of my own problem, my own making, but how I'm reacting to the world inside of me. All of this turmoil inside of me, this irritable, restless discontent, uh, it's of my own making. And all of the, these troubles inside of me are of my own making. And there's one with the solution. His name is God. He has all power to alleviate the drink from me, to alleviate this the, the managerial space that I like to manage my spirit with. And he becomes my manager and solves all of my problems. Yeah, when I walk around blaming other people, I'm definitely not being emotionally honest you know because i'm not being honest about where i'm at i'm i'm just what does throwing blame look like because it actually says throwing blame not passing it not repeating it not um talking about it it says throwing blame around like you're in a freaking pillow fight it's like i have a pillow of blame and we're going to get into a pillow fight, a fun pillow fight. Oh, you don't have a pillow. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And it's like, I throw that blame around. And it's like, okay, little example. If you don't get up in the morning to do exercise because we've been kind of doing it, I can blame you for me not doing it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm stiff too. Yeah, I deserve not to do it because she, and it's like, why am I, con- Why I'm blaming you for something that, I don't want to do. Yeah. And it makes me feel better. So it's just a form of denial to actually look at my own. I I really, I would say that I really go between throwing blame and then just being like the victim. So like. Wouldn't throwing blame be because of being a victim? I guess maybe it's the same thing, but mm. sometimes it feels like more of a action where I'm like, I'm like, this, but sometimes it feels more like I'm like this. Mm. And both of them, I'm, I'm blaming you or the world around me. 
but mm -hmm. both of them I'm also not taking um, responsibility. responsibility for my part, for my, not my part, but like, mm. like what, sh what should I be doing? What do I need to be doing? Mm -hmm. I'm not, it's not about me and God. It's about me and you. It's about me and the world around me. It's about me and, you know, like, and so I'm just like so focused on like people, places, things, the world around me, what they're doing or not doing, mm -hmm. how they're taking care of me or not taking care of me, um, that I'm actually not looking at, hey, how do I need to connect with God? Mm -hmm. And I honestly felt like this week I needed to, I, I, I needed to rest. Like this week, I felt like I needed to rest. My body, physically, what my body was telling me, like. And then I blame wrong. you for my inability to get up, mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I'm tired too. Like waking up with a headache every day is <laughs> uh, not natural. I'm not for waking me. up with a headache. I'm just using you to mm -hmm. blame you for mm -hmm. my my struggles. So I think that's our meditation today is. Why are we throwing blame around? What troubles, uh, the the troubles of our of our of our own making? And I use blame to perpetuate them. Mm -hmm. So can we invite God in to really open us up to being willing um, and to solve all of our problems and to stop using mm -hmm. the denial tool of blame? Whew, it's a big stuff. Mm -hmm. Big stuff. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Keep the peace, be of good behavior, and all of those good things. <laughs>